impressive long intro, Jared. Do you like that one? I do. Everybody's I mean, everybody's bouncing their heads a little bit today. I don't know it, so I don't even flip an ask. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I, I fully don't. expected you not to know the tune, but that's okay. But you like it though, don't you? Yeah, I do. I like the Zach. Like how you doing? I'm oh, good, man. Doing good. Do you have any guesses? Right, no. You know. All right. Nope. Special uh, carpool co-host uh, number three of the day, Greg Draza. You know the song? I know the song. Don't know the artist. Yeah, Milky Chance. All good, man. Just want to bounce a little bit. We're back. New episode. Um, we're up to fifty-three. Can you believe that? What's, I can't. What started as a uh, kind of a kill time hobby is fifty-three episodes in. Pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. You having fun, though? Uh, yeah, we are having fun, and uh, we're learning. A little bit. Learning a little bit. Mm-hmm. Learning a little bit, of, yeah, probably a little bit more than a little about ourselves through this process, too, huh? Uh, what do you think? You like that? I've kind of known everything about myself <laughs> the whole time. Of course you have. Uh, here we are, episode 52, 53. Um, Want to go backwards a little bit. Where are we at? Um. You know well, if you at. count pilot, we're 53. What location are we at? What oh, are we doing Greg. 53? Mr. Drazda. Yes, sir. Give us give us lay of the land. Where, where are we recording today? We are on the hill. Great neighborhood. Beloved neighborhood of St. Louis. At a oh. place called the Falcons Social Club. Yeah. Otherwise known as The Nest. Also brought to you by uh, Cordell and Cordell. <laughs> divorce attorneys. <laughs> Interesting. All right. All right. I've talked to some of the guys about that. I don't know why you guys didn't go after a sponsorship like that. They slap a banner on the side of the building, man. You guys are killing. You guys are working on Viagra, aren't you? Here we go. <laughs> maybe, hey, maybe we, some of the guys. But. You opened the door. It was all good, man. Yeah. Uh, now we're down here on the hill. Uh, kind of, kind of a birthplace, really, of American soccer. Going way back in the day, five of the eleven from 1950 lived within half a mile of where we're at right now. That's correct. Um, it's pretty dope. I love being down here. I mean, you know, my business was down here for a while. It's just such a fun neighborhood. Um, Soccer Dad Pod, we've been on a little bit of a roll lately. Um, last couple of episodes have just been super fun, and today's guest is going to be no different. So we're extremely honored, uh, privileged to have him on, and we're going to roll him on in just a second here. But the last guest we had was Mr. Jason Glover, the director of Steamer Soccer Club, Rec Club, um, who is also Caden Glover's dad. He's a soccer dad. He's a soccer dad. True and true. City SC's first homegrown player, Caden Glover, uh, just turned 16. Great story. Um, The cool thing about it, guys, is Jared, I showed you a little bit earlier, um, the amount of text messages that uh, that he's been receiving from family members of the club thanking him to, to hear his story uh, has been just kind of not unexpected, but fun. It's well, been great seeing him. It, it, it's getting redundant. We're going back to these people that have had success, and, and, and today's guest is no different. I mean, just over-the-moon success. Um, he's one of those guys, and he has a family that um, his young boy is, is, is experiencing some early success. And I fully expect it to go um, into the stratosphere because of just how he operates, yeah. how humble they are, um, how hardworking they come off. Um, if you didn't listen to the to the episode, go back, check it out. 
Um, if you're a rec player, if you're an academy player, boy or girl, there's something to be learned from that episode because yeah. of just his candor. Yeah, it's it, it it's been it's been fun seeing the reaction to that one. You know, and the funny thing is, we always talk about kind of the split between what you would expect to be great numbers on certain names versus some of the parents that we engage with in the stories they tell. Um, you know, no disrespect to our last month's worth of guests, but his episode in short order is top of the pile for the whole month. So it, it's resonating. Go check it out. Um, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Zach, Sunday. What was our Sunday like? It was nice. You know, a little lazy Sunday. Typical, really. You know, just a little gardening and then uh, radio <laughs> broadcasting. <laughs> Yeah, hanging on, hang on KMOX. Yeah, other than that, nothing, nothing special. The home of the Cardinals, also now CSC. Yeah. That was fun. So, um, go check that out. KMOX. Uh, it's the St. Louis City Soccer Report uh, on Odyssey Radio. Right, got on there. And thanks to Jen Cease and and George uh, Gansner for yeah having us on. And it was a, a great experience to be live in studio and kind of a historic radio mecca for for st louis for it sure. is pretty dope to sit in chair that you know that jack buck was you know that was his office yeah 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 absolutely that's where he um that was his operating room um if you will zach i like um i like what you did here with the outfit it's more form-fitting um <laughs> thanks it, thanks it, jared it looks good Thanks. Yeah, good thing we're on a audio podcast for all the people listening to never be able to see what he's wearing. <laughs> Except our guest can see what I'm wearing. He's wondering <laughs> he's what like, well, the hell you're talking about. Speaking of our guest, he's probably wondering <laughs> what the hell did I just sign up for? Um, this, this is a true honor. This is literally a U.S. soccer legend, uh, an inspiration for, for literally tens of thousands, if not millions of young players over the past uh, 20 plus years. I'm just going to get right to it. And this is uh, kudos. Thanks to Greg Drasda for helping make this happen. Uh, and we're going to have a nice conversation about a tremendous career with Fort Wayne's pride and joy, the Mr. DeMarcus Beasley. How are you doing, DeMarcus? I'm good. I appreciate the intro. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you appreciate it? Or, you, or were you sitting there like, what you, seriously, what am I doing <laughs> talking to these guys? No, for? I, pre I, I appreciate the intro. I mean, I, I will say, you got four different types of wardrobes, that's like that's <laughs> right here. but I like it. I like it. I like the you know everyone's got their own style. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Well, make sure and let everybody know who's the guy that's wearing the OG original jersey here. That's you. you. That's you, my friend. Thank you. That's you. Thank yeah. you. This is uh. It's 1998. Yeah. This is yeah. a this is a tier one fire jersey. In fact, it looks a little tight in your neck. It's got the swoosh. It is tight on my neck. <laughs> it does have the It's swish. called 20 years of stress yeah, dealing with you no, assholes. I mean, Beezus is a little guy back then when he wore that. That might have been his shirt. There's probably yeah, two of them fitting in this one. Down to my, to my wrist. <laughs> Do you remember when they wore everything big? Shorts yeah, and shirts? They didn't, they didn't have small jerseys back then. I had to wear extra large. Oh, man. Damn. <laughs> Well, dude, well, let's let's just let's kick right off. Um, let's let's start in those days, you know, because um, you, your your career was a I mean, it was it was a slingshot out of the gate. Um, you, you were down at IMG, correct? Yeah, and it was, it was called um, voluntary back then. Voluntary, yeah. Well, yeah, IMG. Yeah. For the people now. Yeah, sure. And, and you're you were you were prospect from the get go. Um, and I believe it was L.A. came knocking uh, through the MLS draft process. Uh, just 
kind of give us a lay of the land of those early days. You know, you because you were young. You what were you eight eighteen at the time? Yeah, no, I was actually I, I, actually sixteen. Sixteen. So, yeah, I signed uh, my first professional contract at sixteen. Um, I had just graduated, uh, uh, yeah, my sophomore year of high school. And um, bees, weren't you one of the first classes down there? If not the first, yeah, our seven, our U seventeen class was the first. Yeah, we were the guinea pigs. So it was myself. You know, you got Kyle Beckerman, Oguchi Onyewu, um, Jordan Sela, Landon Donovan. Um, you know, guys of guys of uh, you know that nature. That uh, Nelson Aquari, our captain. Yeah, guys so, that are um, leadership guys now. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby did, Conley, he was down there as well. So, did did any of those guys make it as well? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, how much did uh, how much did uh, you know being sixteen um, and, and going down there and having some of that early success? How much did Jamar help you out, your older brother? You know, when as you guys were young kids and just you know he was bigger first than you. Um, did he help you develop at a quicker pace? Because of I mean, he was an excellent player in his own right. Yeah, huge, huge. I mean, I don't think I would have uh, probably pursued uh, soccer if it wasn't my brother. I mean, we we loved the game, we loved the, we loved to play, but obviously he was a little bit older, so yeah. we would just go in the backyard and play. Like that, that for me is the, one of some of the best memories of my you know my career. Just him and I when we were young, going you know outside in the backyard and just you know playing one v one. I would be the goalie, he would shoot, and we switch. We go one on one, and obviously as we got a little bit older. And I mean, like older, I'm talking like, you know, 12, 13, 14. Um, you know, the the game's got a bit more fierce. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, some fights, and some, some crying from me, I'm sure. Uh, so you came you, out, but he made, he made me tough, man. I'm telling you, my brother made me tough. And so to, to see him at that level um, when he was at that age, because he was probably the, I'm not going to say probably, he was the best player in Indiana by far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, him and Ryan Mack. Um, yeah. You know, those guys, because I played ODP with them, they're my age. He, yeah. he, your brother was lightning fast. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And what a good player he was. What's he up to now? Uh, right now he's in, he's back in Fort Wayne, um, just kind of seeing what he's going to do next. Um, a, lot of his, a lot of his time is with his, um, with his son, so my nephew, so – uh, but yeah, he's he back in Fort Wayne, relaxing. Good to hear. So, so let me ask you about the Fort Wayne days. Um, you know, because in the, you know, the early '90s, mid '90s, as you guys are coming up through the local ranks, um, Fort Wayne. No disrespect to Fort Wayne, but it really wasn't known as a soccer ha- uh, hotbed or yeah, a mecca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so what what was the triggering uh, event? What where where and how and when did the opportunity present itself to to be able to introduce you guys? to higher level training, higher level competition, getting out of that market. Yeah, so you know, you guys heard of, or remember ODP? You guys are old We're old enough for you are. We're old enough for ODP, too old for academy if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, that was my kind of my out was ODP. Um, you know, I played in the youth teams in uh, at Fort Wayne. I played a little bit in, in Indy, uh, a couple, I guess, played for a couple of clubs in Indy, but uh, to actually get to that next level, yeah, it was, it was ODP. And that was all, that was all we had back right. then. You know? So, you know, from trying to make your state team and then go to regional team and then obviously the national team. So that's how my, uh, you know, that's how I kind of got uh, welcomed into the national team. 
Wow. Who were who some of the early coaches? Because, I mean, the thing about ODP is, like, so many of the directors, the regional directors, and obviously. Oh, man. See, now you put me on the spot, man. I, you know, and, <laughs> well, and I know gonna, <laughs> no, You know yeah. the thing is? They're probably going to listen to this podcast and be like, Freddie Schmaltz. And this is with all respect to all the coaches that, that got me here. I mean, from the ODP uh, spectrum. Like, I don't remember a coach's name that coached me at, at ODP. Yeah. Like, I only remember really – as when obviously John Ellinger, when we got to the national team, he was a national team coach. Um, I mean, to be fair, it was a couple decades ago. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, to be honest, like when I started that U14, U15 level, I could not, I cannot tell you who my regional coach was. Well, Probably can I, in that well, one was okay. Makovich or well, Freddie Schmaltz. Well, I bet you can remember your first girlfriend at 15, 16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could. I can. I, I so, <laughs> so we won't tell hey, them it's, that. It's not, yeah. <laughs> Selective, what do you call it? What do you call it? Selective memory? Yes, yes sir. Yeah. No, we're we're Selective all about memory. that. I mean, we are, you know, we, we're a little bit older than you. We, we rely on selective memory to keep us there alive in our households. Hey, so let, let's jump back to the transition out of, uh, out of Florida at the academy down there. Um, you know, MLS is in its, you know, infancy stages at that point. You know, it's only a couple years old. Um, you, know, you know, you were coming in at a time in which now there was an opportunity domestically to play pro at, at a very, very high level. Uh, NASL had been out of the picture for quite a while. Um, what was going through your head at that time? At that age, you know, being 16, you know, turning 17, and you see, you see the cities, you see the teams, you see the stadiums, you know, for example, you know, with uh, Chicago and Soldier Field and all these huge names that are going together in the early days of MLS, you know, where was your focus and your enthusiasm? Where was your head at that time as I mean, you I were was, coming down the pipe? Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, you know, for one, I was excited um, when, it, when it first got announced in, in 98 that it's going to be a... Um, a professional league in in, uh, in the United States. Um, I was I was over the moon, and the fact that my brother he signed in '98 as well, you know. So that was, and I kind of got a glimpse of what that looked like. You know, I went to because he you know he signed with the Revolution, and uh, so I went to New England. I got, I got to see them play. I got to go in the locker room as a you know as a 16 year before I signed. You know, so just being able to kind of um, be on his his uh, shirt his uh, coattails a bit and just kind of you know, follow him and just seeing what it is a professional soccer player does. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. got to spend two or three days with him, you know, just, you know, he would go to train and I would go sometimes and I would just, you know, wait at the apartment and then he'd come back and we just hang out. And I'm like, damn, that's it. <laughs> that's it. So you can go practice and that's all you got to do. <laughs> like, okay, I can do this. I can, I can do this, you know, but just being around, you know, especially like at the games, you know what I'm saying? Like at, um, uh, Gillette Stadium was yeah it was it was cool man like you know just a kid being able to be in a locker room after games seeing some of the Walter Zinga and, and some of these names you know just like it was kind of surreal a bit you know because I, I wanted to be there I was I, I knew I wanted to play professional soccer I didn't want to go to college and so just being able to you know rub shoulders with some some very cool uh, athletes and then obviously one my big brother it was uh, was special for me. Go ahead, Zach. No, I just. I, you have a record. Your brother has a record in that your brother was the first to be drafted directly to high school, correct? Yeah. By the MLS, yeah. and you were at the time were the youngest to be drafted. By the yeah, well, MLS. I didn't. Well, I didn't get. I didn't get drafted. I. I, uh, I signed. So I got allocated. signed. Yes. Yeah. 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 So single entity allocated. Yeah. yeah the, the, <laughs> let go. the lawyer finance guy talk about that. But <laughs> <Yeah>. I think <laughs> thinking about that, you hear the stories about 
Freddie Adu and all these younger players that get kind of picked up and they're the next big thing. Mm. You actually stuck with it as a 16-year-old playing in the pro leagues, going to IMG, doing all that you did, following in your brother's footsteps a little bit. You, I think statistically eclipsed him <laughs> for sure, but he's still an excellent player. Jared talks about him all the time um, as one of the top players he's ever played against. What kept you going? What kept you moving forward and building and, and, and growing? Uh, I, I think for me, I, one was my brother um, because I always wanted to, I was, he, always, he, he was always better than me and I always, I will always say that he was better than I was, but I always wanted to be better than him. That was the thing. Like I always wanted to, to be that guy. I wanted to be, you know, not so much like the star, but I just wanted to be better than my brother. <laughs> you know, that, that was it. Like that was, so I think just that, that, that motivation of me just wanting to be better than him, even though I knew I would never be that was what kept me going. And I think just having that, you know, that mindset mentality at a young age uh, was huge for me. And then once I got into Chicago, I mean, it was, you, you, we don't have to go through names, but if you look at that our roster in, in, in 2000, the names that, that I played with, they're all winners. They're all international. Most of them are all international players in, in from the U.S., from um, from Poland, from you know, from Czech Republic. From I mean, everywhere. You look at that the, our roster, and it was just loaded, just loaded with yeah. loaded with up guys that knew how to win, knew how to be professional, knew what it meant to to be a teammate and those things. So. And not just on the field, but off the field, you know, being, you know, discipline and yeah. responsibility and, you know, just so I couldn't, to be honest, I couldn't, you know, write a better script as a start for my, for my career. You, you know, know, I had my brother when I was, that. when I was 16, I got to go to New England. I got to see how it was in the locker rooms and training sessions and see how they do things. But then when I actually got my shot and being in Chicago and being in that locker room, you know, with Bob Bradley being the coach, I mean, I know young player could ever write a better script than that yeah i think um we had pat newton on recently and he specifically talked about his early days in the locker room with that new england group and you can probably draw a lot of parallels maybe not uh, international players yeah but that's where he learned to become a pro because of the training and because of the relationships that you're speaking about, because everybody demanded greatness. Yes. And, 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 you know, th that's two very similar things, um, you know, hearing from another guy that did it just a few years later or four or five years later. Um, yeah, that kudos to you, man, because it was sink or swim, was it not? Yeah, it was. I mean, you got, uh, like I said, I don't, I don't have to go through names, but I mean, like little things, like when – I remember one time I was leaving training and I tell this story sometimes. This is a very quick story, but I remember one time where I was leaving training and Peter Novak is our captain, you know, and uh, so we had, we're in, uh, I can't remember the name, uh, in Lake Forest. That's where our training facility was, the old Bears uh, training facility. And um, so my locker room was kind of, well, my locker, sorry, my locker was kind of not messy, but it was just, you know, kind of disheveled a bit. And I, I kind of put my shoes where they weren't supposed to be, whatever. And I'm walking out and I'm about to walk out and he calls me back. He's like, Beast. I'm like, what's up? He's like, you're going to leave your shoes like that. And I said, huh? And it's, you know, I'm 17 years old. I'm just like, you know, it's, it's a lot. I know that people come and clean the, the carpet and they clean things, you know. So I, I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, 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 no. Come back here, put your shoes the right way. Make sure your lockers is sit, fold your shirts, put the shoes in the correct order. So it makes it easier for the cleaner to come and vacuum, you know, when they have to come and vacuum at night when we leave. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, damn. 
Hell like, no. Nothing, <laughs> you know, had nothing. I mean, it, I, to be honest, I wasn't that much of a as an of, a, of an asshole to be like, you know, fuck this old dude. You know, like, it was, I was like, no, nah, okay, I'm, I'm gonna do it because it's Peter Novak telling me to do it. And we'll be right back. The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, the Music Box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys. Yeah. You know, but just like those little things, that when I, when I talk about discipline, you know, what it actually means to be a professional, not just going, showing up when you got to show up, doing some training and, and then that's it. Like there's so much more that people don't understand and then kids and, you know, and how to actually be a, a real true professional. So it's, it's how you, you know, for one, it's about, um, uh, you know, your personal growth for one and then how you can adapt to different situations and then how you can um, be in a situation where you feel comfortable. And then after that, you can, you know, lead on a path where it, it, it hopefully, goes in a way that you want it to go but i yeah. think for me do you guys mind if i jump in real quick yeah it was amazing <laughs> look i know that we'll get there but we keep talking about his early days and you were zach asking about what kept him going i met this young man 15 years ago 17 years ago Something like that. and i can be honest with you in that time there's been a maturation process and please talk about it real quick i know we were talking 98 2000 2001 we haven't even touched on world cups and that kind of thing but you made a decision to be, I guess it took a little while, but you were willing to change positions, correct? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that kind of thing elongates a career. Does that make yeah. sense? Can yeah, you- yeah, no, 100%. 100%. I mean, but that that goes to show, I think, um, for one, being a person that was coachable. I think that's one thing, uh, um, a trait that I always felt that was, uh, that I, was I thought I was you know, pretty good at. Was I, I, I wanted to learn. I'm still learning. I, want, I love the game of football. I love, you know, learning different things, you know, as far as on the field, off the field, the business side, the sports side. So for me, you know, it wasn't easy, I'll be honest, you know, being able to uh, be a, a midfielder forward for so long and then going in and saying, okay, you know, now you're a left back. This is what you have to do. You know, if you want to play on this team, this you have to do, you know. Um, and I never let it show that I, I didn't like it in the beginning, I'll be honest. But at the same time, in training and games, I was a competitor. So if you're aware, you're not going to beat me, <laughs> even though in my head, I'm like, I don't want to play left back, yeah. but I'm not still, I'm still not going to let you beat me. I'm not going to let it show that I don't want to play left back. So you know, real, that, real quick question. Uh, no, I, hold on in one second. I want to, before <laughs> okay, we fine, get in fine, another fine, area fine. here, I want to go back to the team because I, sure. I was a season ticket holder those first probably four years with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. We had a group of tickets. And the thing that amazed me about that team, the thing that I loved about that team uh, you know, when you looked at the other teams at the time, the the fire had this clear cut strategy to go with 
you know, kind of the old guard, the European old guard, the, you know, a lot of Central Europeans, the Polish contingency in Chicago, the, the Bosnians, the Serbs, etc. And that team had a specific style to it with those marquee players compared to a lot of the other teams that were leaning into uh, CONCACAF-styled players or more Latin American players. And now, fast forward to today, and I, and I want to ask your opinion of that team and those, that style, because I'm seeing the same thing with our own City SC, you know, because MLS is, you know, clearly growing at an incredible, incredibly rapid pace, and the teams and where these DPs are com- coming from are from really all over. But, but St. Louis has gone with the Yao Klauses, the Leuvens. It, it's, it's a very similar kind of makeup, DNA in those players. And my question to you is, you know, when you looked at the league at the time and the, the Peter Novaks of the world, how much did that European kind of pedigree, you know, and, and their, their discipline and that style of play, how much did that affect your career, you know, in hindsight, look, you know, for the long run? Uh, I mean, it kind of um, set me up for my career um, because we were a team that, that loved to, to play. We weren't a a team that wanted to play kickball and, you know, we all wanted the ball on the ground and just actually understand how to play the game. You know, when you got Toyshkov yelling at you every every time, like, don't run, just stay. It's, it was about <laughs> positioning. It's about where you're on the field. It's not just about running in, in space and, you know, being the toughest and the strongest guy on the field. No, like you have an area, like we need you to occupy this space for a reason. Even though you might not get the ball, there's a reason why you're in this, in this, in this position. And after that, yeah, you can do your thing and work your magic, but, you know, just, I think playing that team and learning from those those type of players, uh, you know, from from Lubas Kubuk and you know Peter and Stoichi and all those guys, you know, they had a they brought their kind of brand of football in in, in Europe, you know, down uh, into into Chicago, and I think that fit perfectly with how Bob wanted to coach. You know, he wanted to be a team that was very aggressive, dynamic, and but at the same time, we wanted to keep the ball. We wanted to be dominant in possession, and I think that was something that it fit you know, our, our style. And then we had guys that could make things happen and, and be very creative in the, in the attacking half. But yeah, I think all that, you know, set me up for, for, um, you know, mentally, mentality, mentality wise, as far as, and, and me just playing, I, I just, I, I'm not a guy that just loved to like play kick and run. I always wanted to make the extra pass and make something simple for someone else. That was me. Yeah, that's great. Go, go ahead, Zach. No, I just wanted to kind of fast forward and, and then come back. But you talked about Peter Novak making you realize your role. Did you take on that role as you matured? You know, as Draws talked about your maturation process, did you ever take on that that leadership role and tell the young buck this is what you have to do and train? Yeah, I think yeah. Towards the end of my towards the end of my um, fire, you talking about the fire, right? In Chicago. Just in general. Yeah. Just oh yeah. I mean, yeah in general, yes. hundred percent. Yeah. When, when I was a veteran and old guy, <laughs> and, and <laughs> animal, yeah, of course, you, you know, you try to, um, you know, not, you try to instill things that some of the, some of these younger players, especially once they come from college, um, just little things that you picked up on the way. And that, and that goes from any team that I played for little tidbits of you know information that I picked up from, um, you know, great professionals that I played with throughout throughout Europe, throughout when I was in Mexico, just little things to help, you know, in, in, in any way, because they're your teammate. At the end of the day, they're your teammates. So you want to help them, uh, you know, become a 
a better professional as much as they can. And if you can help with that, then yeah, of course. Yeah, why not? But yeah, when I was a when I was an old guy, I would say I got grumpier in my older <laughs> days. <So. laughs> I got a little bit I got a little bit grumpier sometimes, especially when we lost. But uh, but no, I always tried to help out the young boys whenever I could. Yeah. Well, you you probably realize that your career eventually was going to come to an end and, and you had less patience because you wanted to hold on to it as long as possible. I don't well, think, I don't too. even call it grumpier. I mean, I call yeah, it, well, you I mean, just demand imperfection. Yeah. But in Houston, we didn't win a lot. <laughs> we, we, did, we didn't win a lot in Houston. Uh, I know we won it. We, we did uh, win the Open Cup in 18, but we didn't win a lot. So that frustration, yeah, it boiled over. Uh, yeah. I was at one of your uh, nil nil games in June of 2016. You guys played DC United and there was about an, hour and a half deluge rain delay Ooh. and uh that was the first that was my first mls game and mm-hmm. when they announced your you, you coming on the field um you were the name i remembered because you were the name i i knew <laughs> the rest of the, <laughs> the hey, <laughs> this is a soccer hey. show <laughs> we, we, we have we have talked entirely way too much about soccer and you had mentioned europe when you're in scotland can you tell us the car bomb story and just what's oh, going through man. your head? <laughs> yeah. And why the yeah, hell we, it happened? We, we, I mean, oh, who man. cares about soccer? And and I mean, were you were you targeted? Were you picked out? Was it by accident? Yeah. Did you have a gambling debt? Come on, spill the beans. I bet you. I bet you. I bet you is one of those ODP coaches that you can't remember their names. <laughs> and they're, like, they're like, all right, we got this guy. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So, um, so yeah, what's 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 the ten thousand foot view of, of your car getting uh yeah, smoked? Yeah, yeah, blown up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I walked outside and my car was in flames. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it was crazy. Um anyway, so yeah, my I lived in, I was in the I was in um in my flat and I was at the top the top uh the top level. And um my neighbor called me. Um it was probably like around maybe eleven o'clock at night or something. I'm laying on the couch. She calls me and I'm like, she, she never called, you know, never ever calls me, especially at 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, oh, I didn't answer it. Called me again, just blocked it, didn't answer it. Called me again. And I'm like, okay, there's got to be something going on. So anyway, picked up the phone and she's like, hey, DeMarcus, did you, uh, did you park? And she was calm, calm as shit. Didn't like, <laughs> wasn't panicking at all. Calm, calm. And she was like, I'll never forget the conversation. She said, DeMarcus, did you park outside? today and i was like i was like yeah why she's like um i think your car's on fire (laughs) what (laughs) what she said said, no no i'm serious your car's on fire i'm like what are you talking about she's like yeah your car's on fire i've already called the ambulance i mean the fire the fire department you need to come downstairs so i'm like so i hung up the phone obviously i you know put on some clothes real quick I got downstairs and my car was in fucking flames. <laughs> and when I say in flames, it was in flames. It was, it was not like just a little, you know, like a little fire in the beginning, you know, and maybe in the front seat or something. No, it was in flames. <laughs> like the fire truck came, they had to, you know, obviously, you know, put it out with water and all that stuff. And uh, it was like when it, when it was done, it was like a prune. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 so I mean, it, was, it was quick because it went up quick. It went up quick. So she was uh, super calm. I mean, you do realize that's the yo, home. That's super the, calm. Super that calm. is the like, home of uh, Braveheart. I mean, they're pretty yeah. tough there. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So after that happens, and you're playing in a high first division Scottish oh, for the I'm Rangers. Ready, ready to go. Ready so to go. were you ready to leave? And, 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 and half yeah. of this game, or maybe more than half, is mental. How did you train the next day? Like, oh. I mean, what are you doing? Like, are you, tra- are you looking at your exit plan? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, the good thing the good thing about it was that I was on my outs anyway because um, I I wasn't going to stay. They weren't going to keep me. So the, the feeling was mutual. It wasn't just like okay, because of the car bombing, I was out. Like we both needed a we both needed a change. Uh, they wanted to uh, they wanted to sell me or um, let me go, and I wanted to go as well. But yeah, um, I went to training. But I had to, the, the funny thing was, I mean, I had a cop. Like stay up, like stay at my house, but he was literally at my house for about a month. Uh, he came in the morning, came at night, you know, washed my, you know, outside, outside my house. Out, we had a, had a small little garden in the back, uh, so he was had another guy uh, back there, just kind of making sure things were <laughs> things were all right. So that was kind of we had to take um, a different route to training every day. This is so mafia shit. Yeah, no yeah, yeah, this is mafia shit. Straight up, yeah. I had to, I, got, I had to take a. Yeah, uh, like a detour. Like they followed me to training, like for like about two or three weeks, uh, to make sure I was make sure I was all right. Yeah, that was yeah, that was real. Yeah, my car. Yeah, they blew up my car. <laughs> How did you right, train right, every day? Right outside my house. Oh, that's right unbelievable. Do you, was it just because they some yeah. drunk thought you had a bad game, or was it? Yeah, like, I, I, yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, it was something what, like that. I what guess. reason? Well, but, well it, the crazy thing was it was, it was all caught on video. <laughs> Oh jeez! Holy cow! No way! They catch the guy. The, the person had a mask on; you couldn't see. But yeah, yeah, it was all. It's, yeah, that's it unbelievable. Yeah. It was probably your brother. <laughs> <laughs> I got him last Christmas. That Actually, I think it's Marjorie Taylor I got him. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Green did it. I think. Hey, let's 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 go a little bit. Let's go back just a little bit because I'm I'm really curious uh, about that transition out of Chicago, out of MLS. Uh, when you made the jump uh, overseas with uh, PSV out of the gate, I believe is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, you know what? What was the what was the driving factor? Were you were, did you have a desire to play in Europe from the get go? Uh, was it purely an opportunity came to you and you had you evaluated and decided that's a good fit? Uh, was it a combination of the two? Uh, but obviously, moving out of the early days of MLS, which was you know clearly good, fun, competitive league, but now you're going to uh, you're going to Europe. You're going to quote the bigs. Uh, talk about that transition to PSV and how that played out. Yeah, uh, I always wanted to go to Europe. From when I signed with MLS, uh, obviously after the U17 World Cup, that that I had a a couple um, different uh, options um, to go overseas at that point as well. Um, but I just I, I thought for me and where I was, I was I needed to play MLS first. Just play at home, play in the states, and be more comfortable. So I didn't I didn't choose to to go to Europe like right after the U17 World Cup. I and mean, actually I signed before the World Cup anyway. Um, so that's that's how certain I was to play in MLS. I could have waited like a lot of our players, a lot of U17 kids. They waited. Um, and not because a lot of them could have signed with MLS and back then, you know, before we went to the U17 World Cup in 99, mm -hmm. a couple of them could have signed, but they decided, no, I want to wait and see my option in Europe because, you know, we thought we had a good team, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but yeah, I always wanted to go to Europe, man. Um, I had a training, a training stint, a stint, sorry, um, in, in Spain, um, uh, that, Almost, you know, it didn't work out. MLS, and they wouldn't sell, wouldn't sell me. It's with a team called Tenerife, so I went there for a week. Uh, Rafa Benitez was a coach. Oh wow! At the time, no way. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, and then fun, before before I go, before I, I get into um, uh, the Europe stuff. So, funny story. So, fast forward a couple of years when I played played at Man City, Rafa Benitez was a coach at Liverpool at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, we're playing at home. 
Uh, that's one thing I didn't get to do. I didn't get to play at Anfield. I was hurt that game when I, but oh. we played them at, at City. And so I'm, I'm starting. I'm in the, you know, obviously in the starting lineup, uh, in the line, just waiting to go out to the stadium. And then I get a tap on my shoulder, and it's Rafa Benitez. He's like, Beasley, do you remember me? <laughs> I was like, of course. <laughs> like, of course. He's like, how are you doing, my friend? And I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. And he's like, and he's like, it's crazy. We both made it to the Premier League. And I'm like, yeah, man, we made it. We made it. So it was, it was literally two minutes. Not, not even two minutes. Maybe like a minute, like a little interaction with Rafa. But it was cool that he remembered me. Yeah. I obviously remember who he was. Um, but, yeah, he was my coach when I had a little training stint at Tenerife um, when I was, I mean, I was probably 17, maybe, 18, wow. I think. Yeah. Uh, by the time, um, MLS didn't want to sell me. I think they put on – this is before I played a national team game, I think. And, I, I mean, don't quote me if I'm wrong, but I think they put, like, a $800,000, like, tag on Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Greg, exactly. Yeah, that. <laughs> Greg's like, like, take it. Take it. I played, I played like, 15 games professionally. They, they want to offer, like, eight hundred grand, and you said no? <laughs> Let me ask you this. So you eat Spain, England – um, Mexico, the Netherlands. You, you've been to a lot of Scotland. Your you, your career spanned a lot of different countries. Best food, best nightlife, and best women. Where are they at? <laughs> oh, Who cares about the right soccer now. shit? Best food, yeah, yeah, best yeah, yeah. best you, best nightlife, you. best women. I'm gonna tell you right now, best women, Holland, hands down. Really? Hands down. The it's the red, the red light. Yeah. Is it the clog? Yeah. Uh, what do they call yeah. the, the the shoes? The clogs. The clogs. <laughs> the clogs. Yeah. yeah, hands down, hands down. I would say, I would say Holland. Beautiful, beautiful women in in Holland. Um, a lot of women from you know the islands, Curacao and the Suriname. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was just a, it was a beautiful country. So for that, yeah, hundred percent was was Holland. Best nightlife. Ooh, I would either say. I would probably, to be honest, I would either say, well, oh, that was more London because I didn't really go out that much in Manchester. Well, I would suggest pick the city that you can't remember the most. And that <laughs> oh, would Glasgow be this. Yeah, Glasgow. 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 <laughs> Glasgow, nice. Glasgow. Glasgow would be the, the city I couldn't, I couldn't remember much. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And best food. And then, what was the other one? Best food. Food. Best food. Oh, we damn sure it wasn't in, in um, in London. the UK, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're, not, you're not a haggis fan? Nah. <laughs> to be honest, okay, so the best food by far, Mexico. Mexico. Oh, yeah. 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 Real you, Mexican food. Yeah. Not, not you didn't like, you uh, didn't go down there and say, let right. me Tex-Mex this for you? Yeah, let me, let me help you guys out. Yeah, <laughs> Do you guys have any sour cream and cheddar cheese, please? <laughs> all right, back to the real questions. I, I'm, I'm checking all the bullshit questions off my list, the ones that I want to know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hear you. But, but back, to, back to the real questions. Well, I have a serious question. Is that okay? No. Can we do that here? Yeah, yeah. Go so, ahead. He's our cerebral guest. Well, no. Our host, sorry. DeMarcus, <laughs> we, we had Lori Kolopny on a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, we talked okay. about you know the, 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 the equal pay and things like that. You've been very outspoken about racism mm-hmm. in the U.S. specifically, but I would love to understand, you know, Jared talked about the food, the women, and the nightlife. Comparatively speaking, You've been in a lot of different countries, and I know you've experienced a lot of different forms of, of racism, depending on where you were. How did that shape your kind of worldview for the U.S. as it relates to racism? Oh, good question. Um, I mean, it was I was I was so young um, when that was happening, and like, cause I had never experienced racism like that when I was in Chicago. Obviously, um, I had never experienced um anything remotely close to you know some of the things i experienced in 
and how, not not saying that you know the countries aren't aren't amazing and have good great people and this and that, but you know experience and um, you know in a way you know in a way state is whenever you play away from home, you know whether that be in Holland or if it was in Scotland away from home or if it was in Europe and we played Red Star Belgrade. I mean, in different instances, you know you are you know racially abused, um, and, and it's on the soccer field. That's the you know that's 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 the worst part of it. I mean, um, you know so. The good thing, you know, for me is that anytime that ever happened, um, I, f I felt that the club, my teammates and everyone was behind me. And, nice. you know, nice. they were very supportive. They were outspoken as well in the, in the media when, when that did happen, when I did raise concern that that happened to me uh, and in, in any, any game that I was a part of. Um, and then now, you, you know, you, you look at it kind of because I can't remember and this, you know, maybe I, I'm, ho I'm hoping and I'm, I'm correct, but I don't remember any racist incidents when I was playing MLS my first time, you know, when I was, yeah. you know, when I was 16, yeah. 17 years old. I can't remember anything that was anything bad, you know, back then as far as, you know, a race. But now, you know, you have, uh, you know, you just, you heard, you heard about the, the new, the New York, the, the right. situation, yep. situation right. in New York and, you know, what he said and, you know, you know those type of things and obviously the guy that was playing for la galaxy and you know he said what he said or his wife said what he you know what you know what he said whatever and he reposted it you know so i mean yeah it's a it's a very it's a it's a very um it's a subject that i get tired of talking about and and i say that because it, it's not just black people that has to step up and talk about it. agreed it's white people. It's it's other ethnicities. It's, it's everyone that has to be together and understand that this is not correct way of talking to people or expressing your, you know, uh, discontent of, of someone or of a of a game or whatever it is. This is not not the right way to handle that. So in society, you know, we're all we're all just, we're all people trying to try to survive. That's it. But the fact that black people always seem to be in the in the not and not always but it seems like a lot of it black people are always a front runner to, to speak out and say okay this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong well and that's why that's why i come to say you know we're getting tired of talking about ourselves like it has to come from from others for, for any yeah. kind of type of change well when you see what's going on with Vinny right now at uh real madrid and you right. know just yeah. kind of the acceleration of uh you know the, dis, the the pure distaste at this point, and you and you see what the club, their position now. I mean, I, I believe their last official statement was simple: uh, if it happens again, they're going to pull everybody off the field and they will not play the game. Like, yeah. and that's coming from the brass. Do you yeah. do you think that it's going to take some macro movement? You know, because at the end of the day, these are businesses. These teams yeah. are massive businesses, and there's a certain amount of looking, uh, you know, the other way. And do you think it's going to require a team to take a huge stand at that level? To 100%. 100%. Because everyone watches, you know, those type of teams. You know, it doesn't matter who, you, who they play for. But obviously, it was Real Madrid. So that's one of the biggest teams in the world. So, right. And I'm talking not just in, in, in soccer. I'm talking about in the world of sport. Right. I mean, their brand is bigger than almost like the Yankees and all these. I mean, it's, they're a world team. Everyone knows who they are. So if that happened and they did you know took a took a stand that they said okay we're taking everybody out of the field we're not going to play but then at the same time the league and then you know i think you guys probably saw you know pep 
you know, he he yeah. had a statement that said he wasn't even op- optimistic about yeah. the change in, in La Liga. So he even knows that, yeah, okay, they might, you know, um, ban the, that one, I guess, the one guy or two guys, you know, for life to be at, in, the, in the stadium again. But it has to come from the, the higher-ups. It has to come from the league that we're not going to stand for this. So if you get a guy that gets, you know, say – I mean, you know, for example, I hit somebody or, you know, punch somebody in the face and he gets a year ban, but you can racial, racial abuse somebody and you get, you know, what, maybe three months on the wrist. Yeah. yeah. Slap on the wrist. That's, that's not, what do you, then what do you, then what are we doing? Yeah. Right. You know what I'm so that's, it's, and it's happened way too many times from FIFA, from different leagues around the world. You know, um, I won't speak on the MLS situation because I, I'm not privy to know every details about those situations. So, you know, um, I heard a little bit of, you know, rumblings of what happened, but, you know, I, I want to be coded correctly. So um, I, I don't know all the detail, details what happened between um, on the field and the New York situation. But, you know, if people say that that was enough for them, I don't agree with that because I didn't hear the word he used, you know, um, but at the same time, it, it's, it's, it's got to, it's got to come from the higher ups. If we yeah. really want to try to, you know, uh, make a change in in how people are, or how black people are viewed and all um, all uh, all people. Um, uh, then it's, it's got to start from the top. Great. The people that have yep. the power. To Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. Well, let's let's shift to just an incredible number, um, and that is 126. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you know what that number is, right? 126 yeah. it means <laughs> it's got to mean something to you. It's paid a few bills, hasn't it? Yeah, a couple. So we, you can have Greg. <laughs> hey, Greg, Greg 126 know. caps. How's just a that? couple bills paid. There we go, man. Just a couple. Um, when you when you hear that, when you you know, because obviously you you do a lot of interviews, you do a lot of podcasts, and everybody always kind of asks, asks the usual questions, except for my friend Jared here. He all he cares about is car bombs. Um, but you know, my curiosity stems from really kind of the emotional, that guttural reaction. When you think in hindsight, 126 caps, like what's the first thing that comes to mind, uh, through your gut? How does it, how does it make you feel when you know that you had that kind of, uh, longevity with our national team? Yeah, I would say, am I still there? Yep. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say proud. That would be like my first word I would use. Um, you know, it's funny that, you know, people always ask me and say, hey, you know, looking back on your career, you know, what do you think and you know, different things about what I've done. And, and I, I still, that I've been, what, I mean, what is, I'm probably going on four years now that I retired. I still have not just sat down and just thought about my career and like what I've done. And, it, and this is honest. This is 100% honesty. Yeah. Um, and throughout my career. Um, a lot of times, Greg. He, I mean, you know, Greg won't let me because he needs. To, he need, he know he knows I need to find a job. So <laughs> <I feel. laughs> Greg's like, why not 127? Yeah, 128. Like, hey, hey, you need you need some money. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> do. Put, put some money in the bank. So no, but um, no, I, I think for me, just being able to play um, for the national team, something that you know, me personally, um, and, a, and a lot of kids' dreams is to play in the World Cup and play for the nat- for your for your country. But to be able to do that, you know, that many times, um, yeah, it's special, man. You know, and I think for me, it's it's um, it's it's more about the you know the people that I shared that with. Yeah. You know, the people on the field, off the field, and I mean from 
Like and Greg, you know somebody's name like you know Pam Perkins. You know, oh, yeah. George, our you know our our um our our doctor from all of our equipment managers from from Aaron Barrett to to I mean there's there's so many people <laughs> Dude. that was this. Bees, you're gonna love you're gonna real quick. Uh, JB knows Aaron. Oh my god. Oh, you know Aaron. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is he still he, working for Adidas? He does. He yeah. Nice. The, he's he's bald too. Some something about <laughs> yeah, U.S. Right? soccer. <laughs> Like caused all these guys to go bald. Yeah, Aaron Barrett lived like two blocks from me for a while when wow. he was in oh, St. Louis. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, could, and I mean the other the other equipment. Jesse, Jesse, he was bald too. So yes. Everybody, bald, <laughs> everybody, you guys oh. made him pull their hair out, man. I yeah. guess so. Goodness. Yeah. No, no, no. But so for me, it's not just you know the the playing and the you know going to different you know stadiums and countries. Just you know it's a, it's a journey, man. For me, it's it's all about the journey and how uh, and who I was on that journey with. You know, so I, like I said, I still Absolutely. have a, a lot of a lot of friends, well, a lot of people that I can call friends um, that, you know, that that were with me at, in those times. So I think that for me is more special than, you know, just playing, you know, playing yeah. a game of soccer. Yeah, I, I tell you what, Demarcus, um, your longevity is, is something to behold. Um, and speaking of your longevity, something that's special for me reading it and just really trying to understand um, the biology of the human body. So you're one of um, three guys in the United States that, that made four World Cups. I think you're the only one that played in four World Cups. I think the most impressive stat for me, which those are all phenomenal, and the cap record is phenomenal, the 126 caps, you were playing on the national team trying to qualify for five World Cups. Maybe a record that will never, ever be touched by anybody in this world because our game is getting so competitive and it's becoming even younger and you started at a young age. Speak on trying to qualify for five World Cups, making four. I mean, I, I don't know that people, unless they're real soccer people, really understand what it takes physically um, with your body, training, eating right, doing the right things. It's no joke. I mean, you because everybody can, you know, go have a soda and a beer at 17, 18, 19 and get up and run six miles that it takes to play in an international game. Yeah, what, what what can what, what does that take when you're uh, 34? You know, yeah, um, I, I, mean, I, mean, it, I mean, no, no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, when I when you guys talked about a little bit about, you know, uh, did I ever, you know, uh, speak about some of my experiences and you know being a veteran and you know kind of giving some wisdom down to the younger players a lot of that was learning when i was 26 27 how to take care of your body you know and talking to the guys when i was at rangers to davy weir and you know and the tim howards and you know all these guys that were older than me and, and, and doing different things and still playing at a high level um and just it's not even so much about you know sitting them down and asking them questions it was more so about just watching them work mm -hmm. you know watching them and what they do and obviously if you have something you can, you know, actually you can be specific. But uh, yeah, man, I, I took uh, I, I had my own masseuse um, my last couple of years. Uh, someone that worked out, worked on me outside of the, the club mm -hmm. because I needed more work. You know, like you have to take care of your body. You have to, you know, get on. I was on a, on a, on a meal plan. You know, I was those, those things. Yes. And those things and, and Greg knows those things do cost money. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, if I wanted to play and stay at that level, you're going to kill me for saying all this shit. It's but necessary. No, I'm not going to kill you for that one. <laughs> but if I want to stay at that level, seriously, you know, you have to take care of your body. You have to, you know, you can't, you're not 16 anymore. You're not 20 anymore. You know, so you have to make sure you're doing the right things to make sure you're at that same level and, and, and still be, being able to compete with some of the younger, some, some of the younger guys in that, in that, in that pool. Cause I mean, if you look at it, 
I mean, I was the one of the older guys that you got, you know, Christian Pulisic running around and, you know, he was what, like, like Energizer, yeah, Energizer Bunny, so man. I'm him if I'm still having a beer or wine, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. No. You know, so for me, yeah, I, I hired a, um, a, another masseuse. Um, I, uh, I, I had a, a meal plan that was that I worked with in Houston. Uh, I just had different things that I did to try to make sure my body was right to take care of my body so I can at least be somewhat to 100% or close to it as I could. No one, you know, no one ever plays at 100%. So I gotta Kudos ask, to your longevity. Yeah, so I got to ask, was your masseuse from Holland as well? <laughs> no, no, she was from Houston. <laughs> Close enough, Hughes, Holland. I got it. Right. Hey, right. so, so you, I mean, you, you spanned a lot of tournaments, a lot of uh, camps, uh, a lot of friendlies, etc. You know, and you mentioned, Fuck, uh, did he win five or six gold cups? I mean, uh, no kidding. How many I mean, gold cups did you four. win? Four, was it yeah. four? Four gold cups. Yeah. yeah, I think it was four. I wish wow. there was something we could use to look it up. So you just mentioned four. earlier, like uh, the role that Peter Novak played, you know, in in Chicago, you know, when you were when you were a puppy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, all these years on the national team, who who was that guy? Who was the one that uh, you kind of looked up to? That was you know maybe kind of a north star because you played with you know arguably some of the, you know the greatest generation at, at different periods. Uh, but is there anybody that really stands out that like, you know, that work ethic, that that m- mature mindset that you just gravitated towards on a national team? Correct. Yeah, um, I, I I think I would say I had two. I would say Eddie Pope oh, and yeah. Ernie Stewart. Ernie, big Ernie. I think for, for me, those two um, were on a, on a different level in how they, they played, they competed, how they took care of themselves, how. Uh, how professional they were and and the thing with ernie what i what i loved about him was because you know i was still he he could relate to the younger player as well as being a, a veteran and a you know a guy that was was serious when he played but you know he was he was funny he was he, he made jokes he, he you know um like he he was a guy that knew that okay like myself and landon we were the young bucks but we had to work hard. We had to do all that stuff. But at the same time, he knew that, you know, you can, it's, it's, it's just a game at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, you still have yeah. to have fun. You got to enjoy what you're doing. So like off the field, it was more so where we could relate to Ernie. Well, not, I won't speak for, for Landon, but I could relate to, 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 to Ernie where it'd be like, okay, I had a tough train, blah, blah, blah. But Hey man, you know, if you want to go and go have dinner or you want to go and, you know, uh, just go, don't do it. Don't think about soccer. Go and do that, man. Cause you're going to need that to, you know, not just always think about the game all the time. If you want to go and, you know, you know, blow off some steam, you know, do that. You know, that's something that you, you know, all players do it. We all need it. And that's, and that's normal. But I think for me, being able to relate to younger players at a, at a young age, when I was coming up with the national team, um, that was, that was key for me. Cause yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say I was a guy that always stayed in my room and, you know, just stayed in the room after a game and didn't go out and didn't have, you know, some beers after a game. No, I was I was that guy. So I think, you know, being able to know and have a good balance of those things when you're a professional athlete, if that's what you're into. Then, yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. Speak on this. This is a little birdie told me this. And this is one of the funnier stories that I think I've heard about your career. Um, Jurgen Klinsman, his time with the team brings you in. I think um, you were one of his favorites, clearly. Um, by just an outsider looking in and 
one of the stories I heard is, is I heard he had a thick accent and he was all about drills and practice. And he said all this stuff about this drill and and by all accounts you didn't understand a word that he said and you walked off to the side and you were like i didn't hear shit that he said (laughs) and then it just happened to be because you're a consummate pro you go out and it's your turn to do the drill and he's talking you up because he's like nice job demarcus you must have listened and 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 just your look on your face was like i didn't hear shit (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember that but i mean that does sound like me though (laughs) i'm Demarcus, I've got one last question for you, which is you had a pretty decent May in that uh, you celebrated your birthday and you were inducted in the National Hall of Fame. And, (laughs) you know, we had Al Trost on a couple weeks ago, who's a St. Louis guy and and part of the Hall of Fame. So with all the honors, you said you're starting to reflect back on your career. What are the things that stand out to you as kind of the things you're most proud of? Is it is it the jacket? Is it the gold cups? Is it the caps? Is it what, what in your career stands out and you look back on and you think, man, that's the, the one or two things that really stand out. Uh, I mean, I have two, and uh, I always say this, the number one thing that I'm, I'm most proud of is, and it has to do with, um, with that Jersey is my brother and I playing for the same professional team in Chicago fire. Yeah. And my jersey saying D Beasley and his jersey saying Jay Beasley. I think for me and for my family, um, that hands down is the most proud Love I can that. be That's playing special. football um, in the, in my whole career because we both had you know we both had goals and dreams to play. Obviously, our goal and dreams is both playing the World Cup together. Obviously, yeah. that was like our you know that was our, the pinnacle of, of that. Um, but the, the same time, you know, being able to make it to a professional team but then play together you know, we, we played you know against each other uh when you know the year before when he was in new england in the revolution and we you know we, we kicked the shit out of them because they weren't a very good team in, yeah. in the playoffs so, <laughs> so we did yeah. out anyway but you know but no but that next year in 03 to have my brother with me on the team um in chicago that's special and then obviously for my family my mom and dad to come to the games and get to see both their boys play in a professional team that for me is hands down my most proudest moment as a as a as a soccer player yeah and two um and it's not even about you know winning it's, it's the my first world cup in 02 mm. um you know starting uh, against um portugal i think you know any young player never forgets their first but for me being the youngest player on the team um, just turning 20 on the plane and then <laughs> starting that first game which i didn't even even like backtrack six months i wasn't i was on i wasn't even on the bubble to be honest like i was like there but really wasn't i know i had a decent gold cup but you know when the gold cups were in january back then and not you know in the summer um so i you know but i was still like on the bubble but a little bit below the bubble you know so no one really thought i was going to make you know make the squad in 02 and so to be able to, to to start that game and to win um and and you know and obviously and play well um that is a you know with all the, you know, some of the championships and how we won and, you know, those things. But I think those two moments for me is, is the most proud I've been personally in my career. And we'll be right back. I'm Max and I'm nine years old. When I'm not playing soccer, jumping on a trampoline or playing Xbox with permission, of course, I listen to the Baked In podcast with Josh Allen. 
Josh talks to some of the most incredible business leaders in St. Louis. From Maxine Clark of Build-A-Bear to Gerard Kraft, the chief flavor officer for my favorite team, St. Louis City SC. There's something for everyone. If you're interested in the secret sauce of success, check out the Baked In Podcast. Now, back to those old guys. Appreciate that. So let's get to the heavy hitting question now. Are you guys going to win the million dollar take all? This <laughs> well, shit, I'm hearing, I'm hearing uh, North Carolina. <laughs> so, yeah, for listeners, uh, you guys are out there. Um, you know, there, there's a group that has come up with this brilliant idea called TST, the soccer tournament. Um, and it's a winner-take-all tournament, and what I love is like on the homepage, it literally says first place million bucks cash, right? Second place zero dollars, <laughs> like. <laughs> so I go through, you know, there's the, the teams that are included are uh, you've got Wolves, you've got Wrexham is in the mix, um, you've got there's a there's a group uh, Lord Chalupney, Lord there's Chalupney, a there's yeah, a, a, a women's f- team, you got women's Dor- teams. Bruce Dortmund. I, I think mean, Stoke City's got one, right? And Cameron and Brecha. Yeah, Indiana uh, has an alumni team in there too. <laughs> IU. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but um, I was I was looking at your team. So it's called Conrad and Beasley United. <laughs> um, number one, why didn't you get the marquee? It should be Beasley and Conrad. I knew. I knew someone would say that. I mean, <laughs> just <laughs> alphabetical order Wait, for so no hey, other you gotta, reason. You, gotta, you, know? you have to stroke Jimmy's ego. So <laughs> that's, that's what you have to do. You got to stroke his ego. <laughs> Let, let 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 Jimmy do what Jimmy does. Nah, you know, so yeah, I'm, <laughs> nah Jimmy, Jimmy's my guy. Nah, yeah, it was that's, that's all good. So that's so bad. who who came who came to you? Um, was it was it Clint um, or how how did you how no, did you get no, involved no, actually, with it? It was so. The, are you guys familiar with the the basketball side of it? This yeah. Okay. So there's a team called uh, Everline Drive, and they've been doing. You know, they've been obviously having a team in, in the basketball side of it for, you know, since it started. And one of the guys, his name is Matt Mitchell. He's from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, so, oh. and I didn't, I didn't, we obviously now we know, we know each other, we talked and we know some of the same people, you know, we grew up with some of the same people. Um, so he reached out, he, he, he actually reached out to my camp, my, my Beasley camp website and, you know, just said, hey, I don't know if it's going to get anywhere, but, you know, if you can get in touch with Beasley, I would love to, you know, the 77 thing, whatever, whatever. So my administrator that runs my camps, you know, they sent me a message and said, hey, you know, do you know this guy? Do you want to respond? And I kind of literally left it alone. And then he they he wrote again, Matt, wrote again to another one of my, um, um, you know, emails or social media things. So I was like, okay. So I wrote him back and then he asked me, you know, uh, what I thought about the 77 tournament, you know, what I want to play, what I want to be involved, you know, all those different things. And the fact that, and the only fact, and I tell him this all the time, the only fact that I said I would be involved in some capacity is that he was from Fort Wayne. That was it. Because, I mean, I'm not going to play. Like, I'm not playing this weekend. No, I didn't know. <laughs> They've been asking me. I'm not, I'm not going to play. I'm not the coach. Jimmy's the coach. 
I'm not coaching. I'm just the guy. I'm just behind the scenes. You're the hype guy, dude. Well, yeah, I'm the hype dude. Yeah, so I'm, I, I'm bringing I'm bringing the, the orange slices and the music. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah, the, the vest That's soda and the orange slices. I dig that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so so some of the names on your team though, uh, there was a name that totally jumped out at me, but I'm going to read some of them. You've got Aaron Mounds on there, Alex Dijon, uh, Kanapka, Dwayne De, De Rosario's on there. Uh, you have Matt Beslar, uh, but. The one that blew me away, and I don't think you guys realize this, my co-host here, Kevin Smith Lopez, your creator. Okay. Do you know who that is? Do you know? I, well, I mean, I, I know his name, but I haven't met him yet. It's Kevin yet. Cho on Twitter. The oh, Sporting my, KC. The sporting guy? He's the Sporting KC, like, oh, uh, does the <laughs> YouTube live streams. Oh, He's just a personality? God. Uh, look, he's gonna be have, terrible. Have you have you oh, talked no. to him? <laughs> Bees, maybe you ought to get back that GM. I, I gotta job. be honest, man. I mean, we have a thing here, Bees, uh, in St. Louis, like me personally, and uh, the yeah, show in general. Uh, it's uh, you. Yeah, Kansas City. It's me too. It is yeah, is is not on our on our good list, right? We're not That's giving right. them Christmas presents. Um, but this guy. You sh- you gotta check him out because his meltdowns whenever KC you know gets scored against or loses yeah. Uh, yeah. is epic. is epic. So when I went through your team list, I'm like, dude, I'm rooting for these guys already because I love Kevin Cho. <laughs> like, I want to see his lives. You gotta hook up with him because he flew out. He's going to the tournament. He'll be out there, but he's yeah. on your roster oh my as yeah. a creator. I'm a, yeah, I That's know. but yeah, I, I haven't met him. I don't know. He says it's going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, I just, uh, that's my take. My parting question for you, and then I'll, I'll, I'll throw it over to the boys. Uh, you had mentioned Fort Wayne and, and the gentleman on the basketball and that, and that mm-hmm. hookup. You're now involved in part owners with Fort Wayne FC mm-hmm. um, in um, USL um, League Two. Then you're trying to move to League One. Have you done that first? And then um, have you met Jeremy Allen Ball? And and how much do you like him? And 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 <laughs> is he the next MLS commissioner? <laughs> well, I'll answer those two. I have not met him. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man, the the Foreign FC, uh, the, the the club that you know we're we're trying to to build in our our project. Um, yeah, it's, it's great, man. Um, to be a part of that is is really cool. Um, you know, they started the in two thousand. Well, actually during the during the pandemic and then so this is our third season um our third playing season and um like you said still league two um we are hoping to go to league one in the next couple years we don't have an exact date yet but that is the plan we want to bring a professional soccer team uh to fort wayne that is not a secret we want to build a stadium that is not a secret um obviously everyone asks is win and win and win those conversations you know obviously um are behind closed doors with the city and our majority owner and uh, and mark music and all those guys so but no it's, it's great man i i love it i, I enjoy um learning the business side of the game because that's what i want to do that's okay. what i've i've always well, I, I never want to coach i never want to coach i've never taken a coaching class or a coaching course i've never done any of that do you I have like to school. after four World Cups? Do yeah, you have yeah, to give I'm you a fucking class? You, yes, you, you look do. at him. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm telling you right now. So when I when I was first, imagine being in that like, class with Demarcus. <laughs> hey, Demarcus, uh, do you know anything? I'm in this class. Uh, I was in four World Cups, asshole. <laughs> Talk to me about the triangle. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Some of the players that I played with that played in multiple World Cups, they're dumb as shit too. So, <laughs> they, should, they should be coaches. They should be total soccer by Demarcus um, Beasley. No, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but um, yeah, now because before you automatically got your B license, yeah, because you played so many games through national. I think you had to play maybe like a couple years or maybe like have 20 caps or 50 caps, something like that. But now you gotta start with your C. Wow. So whoever, yeah. So it doesn't matter how many World Cups, how many games you played. What you have to start at the C level. I know some guys well, that have high licenses. I know some guys that have high licenses that I don't even think they should have a fucking driver's license. <laughs> and, 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 and I ain't going to mention any names, but go ahead. Yeah, well, I tell you what, if you're going to go for your A license, though, you got to talk to your financial planner to make sure that the budget is there for the classes yeah, and everything. Right? Greg, I, if I ever get to that level, I'll let you know. He needs employment. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just say that out Go loud? ahead, Greg. Uh, listen, um, first of all, thanks for being on this. Great that you, you joined us. But the name of this thing is the Soccer Dad Podcast. So let's, let me ask you to touch on a few things. Fort Wayne, USL 2. We haven't even really touched on your camps and what you give back. Um, you, you yourself are a dad. Um, these three gentlemen, their kids play on a high-level academy team. You've obviously played the games that we've talked about. You've been in several different countries. What would your advice be to the dad who's driving home in the car with the kid who just scored a hat trick? And what's your advice to a dad whose kid's in the back seat and they just lost three nothing in a semifinal and they can't get the trophy? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I think for me, I think a lot of it depends on the age and what you say to, you know, to your son or daughter in those, in those situations. Um, but obviously in academy that I, I can probably already can, can imagine that they would want to be or want to play in the first team in St. Louis. That's my assumption. I don't know, but Correct. I'm sure probably do. Um, and obviously I think age goes uh, into, into this a bit, but to the per to the, to the kid that just scored a hat trick and, you know, thinks he's the, the bee's knees and thinks he's the best and thinks, you know, um, that I, I would say as a, as a dad, I think it's okay. 100% okay to obviously be proud of your son or your daughter and, um, you know, give them compliments and this and that. But at the same time, if you're a soccer dad, you actually, and you guys, you guys love the game of football. You guys love the game of soccer. You love, you, you guys watch it. You kind of know, you know, I think for me, given your kids, um, criticism in a way where it's not negative is a positive and what i mean by that is like because you guys i'm sure watch your sons play so if you did score a hat trick but you say hey look, what about that what about that pass you missed that you usually make what you know so basically saying that there's still there's still things you can work on yeah, yeah. don't always go and say oh you know you're right. the best you're the best you know hat trick you know everything was great you know you guys won for nothing you scored a hat trick it was great and that's the end of the conversation like i think that always wanting and trying to help your son get better and you guys are a soccer player get better uh is a plus you know because a lot of times kids you know nowadays that's why one of the reasons why i don't want to coach is, is that they think they know everything and they, they score after <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. and, and then that's it like i did my job you know like okay but if it's and this is what i mean like if it's like the you know say 90th minute or 80th minute however long the guys play and your son scored a hat trick and there's a guy on the other team with the ball running down and but your son has a chance to you know run after him and ten you know and, and, and get after him and tackle and and make the winning tackle to save and win the game and he doesn't do it 
and he just kind of stands because oh, I do want to, you know, I, I got my hat trick, so I'm good. That's something you have to say to your son. Right. Yeah. There's always things that he can improve on because that's the mentality of score goals, great, but a mentality to win what it takes to actually win at a young age, that is what Love that. is is the key. You know, so for me, obviously watching your son play, but you know, I mean I'm not saying nitpick his game and this and that, but always try to give him criticism, things that he can't work on. And I don't not in a way where he feels, oh well, I just go to hatching. I'm not good. My dad is no, not that, but just criticism where it's it's not as negative, and he can still knows that he still has to get better, even though he scored a freaking hat trick, you know. Right. And for the for the kid um, that you said didn't play, no, just yeah. like they lost in the semifinal. They're not even going to go for the trophy. They're in the back seat. They're mad. They're pissed. They're upset. What's your advice there? Yeah, I mean, my my advice. I mean, obviously, I think in in the scheme of things, is you have to let them let them be for a bit. I think that's you know, I, I think that's important. Just Kind of let it go, and whenever you you are ready to, to speak to him, he's ready to, to listen to what you have to say as a, as a dad, and obviously as a guy that understands the game. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's okay to ask him, ask your son, like, what do you think, or what could you have done better? You know, in your eye, well, and not not just personally, but the whole game, the whole team. You know, what right. did, what didn't you guys do to win that game? You know, not make it so much just about him. Like it's not because it's, it's a team game. You know, they it's the eleven. Or I don't know. I mean, how old your kids are? If they play eight on eight or ten v ten or whatever. But it's a it's a team sport. So yeah. just ask him questions about the game. Of you know, why do you think that you guys didn't win? And then ask him, okay, in this play, what do you think could have happened? You know, why this didn't? And that that would just make him feel. I think it was it'll show that you're interested in the game that he already knows you are because you, you guys love the game of football. But at the same time, it's not just like him. It's not all on his shoulders. Like you're just coming at him. Oh, you didn't do this. You didn't do yeah. that. You didn't do this. I think that's, if you put it into a broader sense of asking him about the game and what he think went, what he thought went wrong, then I think that's a, a good way to go about that part. Yeah. I read something the other day real quick on uh, socials. It was one of those little like live, laugh, love, dumb, you know, pictures with the cute squiggly words all over it. Right. <laughs> Only this one was intended for soccer parents. And it literally said uh, after a bad game, uh, don't ask them anything about the game. Ask them what they want for dinner. You will have a more successful child the next day. <laughs> That's true. That's I was, true. And I was like, Ooh. I was thinking the Chicago Fires that cute, uh, cute little squiggly that jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what? see what well, I, 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 I will say one thing that did you talk about quotes? Well, it wasn't really a quote, but if you ever, um, there's one thing that I saw uh, just on the subject before I let you guys go. Um, with um oh, what's his, what's his name oh my goodness the four from holland um Cruyff? no 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 not that not erling that. holland no he's in holland robert van percy oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah yes. i saw that so i'm sure you yeah i'm sure you guys heard, you saw the that YouTube the, loser, the loser video exactly i mean but i think that's so i think well, you gotta explain it bees for some well, because, i mean i know but I, I say that because i had the same i had the same incident as a professional you know, when I when I was in, in in Germany in Hanover, I didn't play. You know, I played four. I think I played four games, and then in a whole league and thirty something whatever. So anyway, really quick. Long story short, Jurgen Klinsmann asked me, he's like, "Bees, you know, you went to Germany. Why didn't you play?" And I was like, "Shit, I don't know. I just the coach didn't like me." He's like, "No, no, no, really. Like being honest. Like why didn't you play?" And I was like, "I just don't think that he liked the way I played football. And my art, my style didn't 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 you know didn't um didn't uh, work with his." He's like, no, that's bullshit. 
He's like in every situation, every situation, every coach, every he in whatever it's a cup game, if it's a league game, even if it's a could be a, a friendly, he is going to put the eleven players on the field that day that can win him the match. So it's something you weren't doing personally or individually to get him to put you on the field. So that means wow. that's telling me that you need to look in the mirror and say, what weren't you doing in training? You know, maybe it was when you came in for the game. Attitude. Your attitude. Is it your dip? All those, there's something you're not doing for him not to put you on the field every single week. Yeah. And so for me, when I heard what Robin when Percy told his son, you know, like, you know, if someone's saying, oh, you know, I'm on the bench, you know, the coach doesn't like me. No, 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 son. Like, you didn't play. Like, why aren't you playing? Take more accountability for yourself and what you do and how you train and how you, how you prepare for games. I think that is something that a lot of, you know, a lot of kids need to, to, to get and to understand. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not always a coach. Yes, you can change situations and, you know, you can still be, you know, a top player in different clubs if you go to different, that doesn't mean anything. But as far as you always taking responsibility of your own actions and what you do on the field, off the field, that goes a long way. And I think, you know, well, what you said is true because it happened yeah. to me. Love that. Because it happened to me. Yeah. All right. Parting question. Last one. And then we're going to let you uh, slam that down smartless style. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you or Taylor, who's got the better shoe game right now? Taylor Twelman. Yeah. Oh, me. <laughs> I, I will say, I will say, I, I've seen some of Charlie Davies. Charlie's got, yeah. some, uh, he got, some, he got some kicks. I, I'll say, Charlie. My yeah, it's funny because my kids, man, anytime the uh, broadcaster on a year up at the thing, it's the first thing they say. They're like, oh, look at his kicks. Yeah. Look at his kicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm killing Taylor. I'm killing Taylor. Hey, man. Dude, dude, thank you so much for your time. This has been a, a true pleasure. Um, you know, we, we appreciate all the insight. Uh, our listeners are going to be. They're going to be uh, privileged to hear or feel, listen to the onion being peeled back. So, you know, kudos to you, your career. And, you know, good luck watching your team play. <laughs> in the- <laughs> yeah, they, I think they stream it on YouTube and Peacock and some of that other stuff. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. I'm uh, going to Holland for the chicks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you guys have fun in, in you, Yeah, you guys have fun in uh North Carolina. Soccer hey, Dad go, Pod's going know. to Amsterdam. You mean you and Greg, we're going. All right. <laughs> All right, dude. How Maybe about, might not yeah. like that. Thank you again for your time. Uh, no you know, we'll catch up with you soon. Tell Kevin Cho, one of your co- content creators, we said hi. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, right. Bees. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Thanks Bees. That's it. All Thanks, right, man. Take care, Say man. Say hi to your brother. Right, see you guys. All see right, you guys. Thank you. Good. All right, guys. What do you think about that? Not bad, huh? Real good. Well no, done. I, did you know that much about your client? I did. I knew about 90% of it. Really? Mm-hmm. I've known him. I, uh, DeMarcus and I met 2007, 2008. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a different man, for well, sure. Did, didn't you cross his path, though, in your... Were your you his leg masseuse first? <laughs> Is that your first job? <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> did, you, did you live in Houston at one time? Hand, uh, he's a absol- hand masseuse. Absolutely not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was leaving he, U.S. soccer as wait. he was coming on to the scene. Okay. Um, I was actually when I when I, with the scene with the national team, I should say, because I was at U.S. Soccer in Chicago, and we'd go see those Chicago Fire games. Yeah. You know, and first of all, you got Peter Novak from Poland on that team, yeah. and Jorge Campos. 
Oh, I told you. Was the goalie slash forward on that team. So slash forward. That's hilarious. You you had Andersonville covered. Yep. And 35th Street. Correct. And you had 35,000 people in the stadium for an expansion team. I mean, we were there. We were in Section 8. You know, when he was talking about him and uh, his brother walking out, I remember standing there with uh, Chris Motor and Brian Hunt and all my buddies. And it was cool for us because we knew that's brothers. Yep. You know, it was a a really cool moment. yeah, man, that was great. Yeah, you, uh, he was great. He was excited to be about it. He, he likes what you guys are trying to do um, from talking about things outside the game, uh-huh. talking about things inside the game, how does it pertain to kids? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we in 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 the span of roughly an hour, we talked about uh, kids, mental mindset, uh, diet, uh, car bombs, uh, <laughs> racism, uh, Dutch Dutch women, women. I'm glad you guys did. If I'm being honest with you, Zach, I was proud of you for asking that question. That's a question that not many people ask um, about the racism. And it's for so many of these guys. I mean, the MLS Players Association has been getting better at it. They, the Black Players Association has their, their own efforts at this thing. And, and DeMarcus is extremely passionate about it. He's uh, been very vocal. And I, I, I just wanted to bring it up. And I'm glad, Jared, you brought up you know, the uh, Fort Wayne FC. That was going to be my, my final question as well, because I think giving back and, and, and really taking the privilege that he was given through the yep. career he had and, and putting it back into the community. And Well, there's a group of those guys that do that. I mean, Tim Howard, yeah. Gucci Anyewu, and Bees. There's a couple other guys that are really like, how do I look not only inward, but how do I look back into where my roots are? Right. And how can I give back to it? Well, I love it. Yeah. Another banger, guys. Appreciate your time, everybody. Even you, Jared. Especially you tonight, right? You're repping the Labatt Blue. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, guys, every uh, time I'm in your presence. One thing we like to say here at the NAS is thanks for coming. We don't feel that you guys are lucky. We're the lucky ones. So thanks for coming out of the Falcon Social Club. Nice. Wow. I I see what you did there. (laughs) Is that is that the Battlehawks? Is that yeah something like that? Not even birds. Battlehawks. Let's talk about that next time. Yeah. All right, we're out. Give us a follow. Give us a review. We like all that stuff. Um, have a good evening. We'll talk to you soon.